story with me Love who you want to be, who you are Learn these lessons and we'll go far It's story time Story time Story time with Mama G Hello everybody, it's Mama G here And thank you for joining me for Story Time with Mama G The podcast, woo! How are you all? First of all, let me say Happy New Year! Welcome to 2021! Isn't this exciting? Who knows what is in store for all of us, but I am fairly certain it is going to be marvellous and magical and wonderful. Also, I hope you had an absolutely lovely Christmas. This week is probably one of the best in the year, isn't it? Because, well, everybody's just having fun. I love that. Assuming you celebrate Christmas, of course, you may not. But if you didn't, then I hope that you are still having a wonderful week and that 2021 has got off to the absolutely spectacular start that you hoped it would. Now, have you made any New Year's resolutions? Let me know. You can let me know uh, via Facebook and Instagram. You just need to search for at Stories. And don't forget, you can find me on YouTube as well. YouTube.com slash Stories. Lots of lovely things up there for you to enjoy. And yes, do let me know your New Year's resolutions. I'd love to know what they are. I, for one, am not in the habit of making New Year's resolutions. If I need to change something about myself... Well, I'd just start doing it there and then. And of course, I don't really think I need to change things about myself. Maybe there are some things that I could improve. Like I could improve my diet, for instance, or I could exercise more. But as for who I am, I don't need to change that. And neither do you, because we're wonderful. Just a little wise word there and a bit of encouragement for you. Well, you are here for a story, of course, and we are up to Chapter 5 in the Chronicles of the Canterville Ghost by Oscar Wilde. So sit back and enjoy the Canterville Ghost, Chapter 5. A few days after this, Virginia and her curly-haired cavalier went out riding on Brockley Meadows, where she tore her habit so badly in getting through a hedge that, on their return home, she made up her mind to go back up by the back staircase so as not to be seen. As she was running past the tapestry chamber, the door of which happened to be open, she fancied she saw someone inside, and, thinking it was her mother's maid, who sometimes used to bring her work there, looked in to ask her to mend her habit. To her immense surprise, however, it was the Canterville ghost himself. He was sitting by the window, watching the ruined gold of the yellowing trees fly through the air and the red leaves dancing madly down the long avenue. His head was leaning on his hand, 
and his whole attitude was one of extreme depression. Indeed, so forlorn and so much out of repair did he look that little Virginia, whose first idea had been to run away and lock herself in her room, was filled with pity and determined to try and comfort him. So light was her footfall and so deep was his melancholy that he was not aware of her presence till she spoke to him. I am so sorry for you, she said, but my brothers are going back to Eton tomorrow, and then, if you behave yourself, no one will annoy you. It is absurd, asking me to behave myself, he answered, looking round in astonishment at the pretty little girl who had ventured to address him. Quite absurd. I must rattle my chains and groan through keyholes and walk about at night, if that is what you mean. It is my only reason for existing. It is no reason at all for existing, and you know you have been very wicked. Mrs. Omni told us, the first day we arrived here, that you had killed your wife. Well, I quite admit it, said the ghost petulantly. But it was a purely family matter, and concerned no one else. It is very wrong to kill anyone, said Virginia, who at times had a sweet Puritan gravity caught from some old New England ancestor. Oh, I hate the cheap severity of abstract ethics. My wife was very plain, never had my ruffs properly starched, and knew nothing about cookery. Why? There was a buck I had shot in Hogley Woods, a magnificent pricket, and do you know how she had it sent up to table? However, it is no matter now, for it is all over, and I don't think it was very nice of her brothers to starve me to death, though. I did kill her. Starve you to death? Oh, Mr. Ghost, I mean, Sir Simon, are you hungry? I have a sandwich in my case, would you like it? No, thank you. I never eat anything now, but it is very kind of you all the same, and you are much nicer than the rest of your horrid, rude, vulgar, dishonest family. Stop, cried Virginia, stamping her foot. It is you who are rude and horrid and vulgar, and as for dishonesty, you know you stole the paints out of my box to try and furbish up that ridiculous bloodstain in the library. First you took all my reds, including the vermilion, and I couldn't do any more sunsets. Then you took the emerald green and the chrome yellow, and finally I had nothing left but indigo and Chinese white, and could only do moonlight scenes, which are always depressing to look at and not at all easy to paint. I never told on you, though I was very much annoyed, and it was most ridiculous, the whole thing, for who ever heard of emerald green blood? Well... Really, said the ghost rather meekly. What was I to do? It is a very difficult thing to get real blood nowadays. And as your brother began it all with his paragon detergent, I certainly saw no reason why I should not have your paints. As for colour, that is always a matter of taste. The Cantervilles have blue blood, for instance, the very bluest in England. But I know you Americans don't care for things of that kind. You know nothing about it, 
and the best thing you can do is to emigrate and improve your mind. My father will be only too happy to give you free passage, and though there is a heavy duty on spirits of every kind, there will be no difficulty about the Custom House, as the officers are all Democrats. Once in New York, you are sure to be a great success. I know lots of people there who would give a hundred thousand dollars to have a grandfather, and much more than that to have a family ghost. I don't think I should like America. I suppose because we have no ruins and no curiosities, said Virginia satirically. No ruins, no curiosities, answered the ghost. You have your navy and your manners. Good evening. I will go and ask Papa to get the twins an extra week's holiday. Please don't go, Miss Virginia, he cried. I am so lonely and so unhappy, and I really don't know what to do. I want to go to sleep, and I cannot. That's quite absurd. You have merely to go to bed and blow out the candle. It is very difficult sometimes to keep awake, especially at church. But there is no difficulty at all about sleeping. Why, even babies know how to do that, and they are not very clever. I have not slept for three hundred years, he said sadly, and Virginia's beautiful blue eyes opened in wonder. For three hundred years I have not slept, and I am so tired. Virginia grew quite grave, and her little lips trembled like rose leaves. She came towards him, and, kneeling down at his side, looked up into his old, withered face. Poor, poor ghost, she murmured. Have you no place where you can sleep? Far away beyond the pine woods, he answered in a low, dreamy voice. There is a little garden. There the grass grows long and deep. There are the great white stars of the hemlock flower. There the nightingale sings all night long. All night long he sings, and the cold crystal moon looks down, and the yew tree spreads out its giant arms over the sleepers. Virginia's eyes grew dim with tears, and she hid her face in her hands. You mean the Garden of Death? she whispered. Yes, death. Death must be so beautiful. To lie in the soft brown earth, with the grasses waving above one's head, and listen to silence. To have no yesterday and no tomorrow. To forget time. To forget life. To be at peace. You can help me. You can open for me the portals of death's house, for love is always with you, and love is stronger than death is. Virginia trembled. A cold shudder ran through her, and for a few moments there was silence. She felt as if she was in a terrible dream. Then the ghost spoke again, and his voice sounded like the sighing of the wind. Have you ever read the old prophecy? On the library window. Oh, often, cried the little girl, looking up. I know it quite well. It is painted in curious black letters, and it is difficult to read. There are only six lines. When a golden girl can win prayer from out the lips of sin, 
when the barren almond bears and a little child gives away its tears. Then shall all the house be still and peace come to Canterville. <laughs> but I don't know what they mean. They mean, he said sadly, that you must weep with me for my sins because I have no tears and pray with me for my soul because I have no faith. And then, if you have always been sweet and good and gentle, the angel of death will have mercy on me. You will see fearful shapes in darkness, and wicked voices will whisper in your ear, but they will not harm you. For against the purity of a little child, the powers of hell cannot prevail. Virginia made no answer, and the ghost wrung his hands in wild despair as he looked down at her bowed golden head. Suddenly she stood up, very pale, and with a strange light in her eyes. I am not afraid, she said firmly, and I will ask the angel to have mercy on you. He rose from his seat with a faint cry of joy and, taking her hand, bent over it with old-fashioned grace and kissed it. His fingers were as cold as ice, and his lips burned like fire, but Virginia did not falter as he led her across the dusky room. On the faded green tapestry were embroidered little huntsmen. They blew their tasseled horns, and with their tiny hands waved to her to go back. Go back, little Virginia, they cried. Go back! But the ghost clutched her hand more tightly, and she shut her eyes against them. Horrible animals with lizard tails and goggle eyes blinked at her from the carven chimney-piece and murmured, Beware, little Virginia, beware, we may never see you again. But the ghost glided on more swiftly, and Virginia did not listen. When they reached the end of the room, he stopped and muttered some words she could not understand. She opened her eyes and saw the wall slowly fading away like a mist and a great black cavern in front of her. A bitter cold wind swept round them and she felt something pulling at her dress. Quick! Quick! cried the ghost. Or it will be too late! And in a moment the wainscoting closed behind them and the tapestry chamber was empty. Well, there was a very spooky going on there. What has happened to Virginia and the Canterville ghost? Where have they gone? Because they are certainly not in the tapestry room anymore. Well, if you do want to find out where they've gone, you know what you're going to have to do, don't you? You're going to have to join me back here next week for chapter six, which is the penultimate chapter penultimate meaning the one before last and here's a funny anecdote well it's not funny at all but here's an anecdote nonetheless I remember when I learnt the word penultimate I was in year eight we were playing rugby and Mr Pern our PE teacher 
said something about penultimate and none of us knew what he was talking about. So then he had to explain to us what the word meant. Yeah. One of my better memories of doing PE at school. Wasn't my favourite thing in the world, not gonna lie. Well, now you know what penultimate means as well and isn't that just lovely? See, I am very educational in many more senses than people quite often appreciate. Uh, now, I think it might be time for the book of the week. Now, quite often for the book of the week, uh, I will do a picture book or I will do a book without pictures, but still for younger readers such as when Alex Gino and George, which was for sort of eight to 11 year olds. But this book, that is the book of the week this week, is certainly for older readers. And I, I, not quite for adults. I mean, adults can certainly enjoy it because I very much did. But it's for it's teenagers. 14 plus is the rating. So if you're not 14 plus, then do disregard this book recommendation until you are. Uh, this book is called Clean and it's by Juno Dawson, and it is the story of Lexi Volkov, who is the heiress to a hotel family, fictional of course, and she becomes addicted to some things and needs to find help, and she goes to a place, I, I, I feel like it's on the Isle of Wight, now I'm not sure if I read that in the book or if I'm making it up, but I imagine she goes to the Isle of Wight. And she goes to a rehab clinic, rehab being short for rehabilitation, uh, called Clarity. And there she meets a range of uh, people also seeking rehab, some of them for different things. And uh, she learns a lot about herself. And in doing so, we as the reader learn a lot about the world, seeing it through the perspective of somebody else's eyes. And one thing I will tell you about this book is it is in itself addictive. I found it very difficult to put down. It's, it's written in quite a gossipy manner, so it's, uh, it's, it's quite easy to read, but that is not to negate that there's a depth of character and a depth of uh, perspective, and it's got a very strong angle and something very important to say, but it, it reads like a gossip column almost. Uh, which I think is to its advantage because all the characters that we meet in the book are in some way um, the victims of the gossip columns, especially Lexi herself. Uh, it's very funny at points. It has got some language in it, I will warn you. Uh, but it's very funny. Uh, it's very frank. It's heartbreaking at points. Uh, sometimes it's a bit scary. Sometimes it's mystical. There are moments of high trauma high tension which will have you on the edge of your seat and just just when you think everything is going to be fine well there's still about 70 pages left so you realize it can't be but it's things are not fine in the most frustrating way and it's one of the very few times in my life that I think I've actually shouted at a book because I was so irritated with what the characters were doing uh, it's, it's a very clever book in that respect. And of course, uh, well, I won't give away the ending, but it, it's not stressful, I can tell you that. Um, it's written by Juno Dawson, who has uh, written uh, lots of other books. And I bought this book from 
um, uh, Gay's The Word, which is a bookshop in London. And I bought it along with lots of other books when I was responding to the fact that the person who writes Harry Potter was saying some horrible things about the trans community. So I thought, well, rather than talk about this person, I'm going to go out and buy books written by trans authors and support them in that way, which is a way that I can. And I want to be vocal about uh, their writings and their works. And Juno Dawson is one of them. I now follow her on Instagram and uh, she's beautiful. And her Instagram is beautiful as well. And I'm actually slightly jealous. Uh, so Juno, if you are listening to this, I would dearly love to come on holiday to Greece with you because those pictures looked wonderful. Um, and it's, But it's just, it's, it's a wonderful book and I am very excited to read more of Juno Dawson's work. If you want to get a, a rough idea that's of what her writing is like, and this is uh, more suitable for the younger people as well, then you could go and search for another previous book of the week called Proud, which is a compilation of uh, stories and illustrations by LGBTQIA plus artists. And I believe that Juno has a story in there and she also compiled the book and has uh, written the foreword and has some very interesting things to say. So my book of the week was Clean by Juno Dawson, published by the Hachette Children's Group. Well, we're at the end of another Storytime with Mamaji podcast. Thank you ever so much, every single one of you, for listening and joining in. And also every single one of you who has been listening to the podcast uh, well, previously, because just recently the numbers of listeners have gone through the roof. So I'm ever so excited by that. Thank you for uh, listening. And please do feel free to help me share the love. Um, tell people about the podcast. Recommend the podcast to your friends. Leave reviews wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, subscribe so you don't miss an episode. It is always very, very much appreciated. Now, we are heading into January, and here in the UK, well, we're in January now, aren't we? And the UK is in a bit of a weird place, uh, because as of this podcast being released, well, it's no longer in the EU, in the European Union. So I don't know how that's going to feel, because it, that's not something I've experienced in my life. Um, also, we're pretty much locked down again, because the COVID situation isn't going quite as smoothly as maybe had been hoped last March when it started to kick off over here. So uh, January is going to be a weird month, but I would like you to uh, remain optimistic, remain hopeful, stay upbeat. Uh, if you need to talk to anyone, please talk to someone. Uh, you can talk to me. You can uh, send me messages via Facebook or Instagram. I am... Um, happy to try and offer some wise words and words of encouragement if you feel like you need them um i'm not up to much in january as of yet i've got some very exciting things in the pipeline and i'm sure that in the next few weeks i'll be able to tell you more about them um but if you would like to watch rapunzel which is the pantomime i'm in in gravesend then you can go to woodville.co.uk download uh the video and you can watch it to your heart's content for a day uh, it looks like it might be quite good and it seems very popular with people. Uh, I'm here every Friday uh, in your podcast ears for your delight. And every Sunday at 1pm UK time, I am uh, on Glitterbeam Radio. 
and we're having a fabulous time on there. So uh, lots of uh, ways to join me and hopefully I get to see you all in person at some point in the future. But for now, thank you ever so much for listening and I will see you all very soon. Goodbye. It's story time with Mama G. Come and hear a story with me. Love who you want to be, who you are. Learn these lessons and we'll go far. It's story time. Story time. Story time.